This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the weekend must watch here on the Intercut Podcast channel, where we wade our way through the latest in theaters, streaming, and on demand. I am your co-host, Zach Shevich, and joining me, what's a bad miracle? It's Arturo Zurita. I'm still sticking with it's a curse, or it's you going into this movie for two hours and not liking it, but some of us have loved it <laughs> so much. We have come back from a whole journey. Some of us just had to go a, a, couple, <laughs> a couple of blocks out the other way because they have a really good theater next to them. But we had one of what I consider the most beautiful movies come out this week. It's divisive Mm -hmm. which i love um but it's one of the very few shot in imax and uh zach was over in chicago last week Uh, some of you may have seen the review that we did uh so you know that we're going to keep it pretty short but nope is the biggest release of the week and i'd say out of everything that's come out this past year probably second to the batman i love the fact that we have another imax movie a true cinema movie to go back into theaters for and uh Dude, I've caught it four times. I don't. I think you've caught it twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's a true spectacle, and even so, it's about spectacle itself. So definitely a great reason to go back to the movie theater again and again. Uh, yeah, and as you mentioned, we've both been on journeys. You to your closest IMAX screen, which is unfortunately too far. A, a road trip away, and uh, me, I. Back from Chicago, where you so gracefully hosted me over the past week. Good one. Uh, and we got to do some fun stuff, including see Nope together, and we recorded our in-person review, which, as you mentioned, you can check out on our channel, where we get into our full non-spoilery thoughts. We will get full spoilery thoughts in our live stream following Weekend mm-hmm. Must Watch. Uh, but, yeah, we want to talk, touch on it a little bit, but, you know, just... Going to, like, the swag we picked up in Chicago, I was able to get that, like, cool kind of nope smiley face, and we picked up posters, and you took me to uh, The Brood, the David Cronenberg and horror-themed coffee shop out there next to, uh, I forget the name of the record store that had all that awesome stuff. The Brood record store. yeah, hey. in this Iron Giant oh, figure, baby, which is real cool. Go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. On, so me, we got matching giants. Let me get you on the full screen right there. Show the people on the full screen. Uh. Yeah, there we go. Oh, that's beautiful. It was a cool record store. Yeah, now I'm glad you were able to make it out here. I mean, I live here, and for the most part, I've never been to Pitchfork. So this man took me to Pitchfork. We got to see the yeah. roots out there. You know, keep it movie-based. Oscar mm. winner. Questlove. On the drums, it was was fantastic. Keeping it It movies related, they were they were playing uh, running up that hill. We cannot escape (laughs) that, no matter where we go. But no, it was it was an awesome weekend. So now we're back, 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 back to the being separated. But nonetheless, at least we have good movies to talk about, dude. Yeah, plenty of interesting stuff to talk about. Uh, Let's kick it off with the weekend must watch and get a little bit briefly into the big theatrical release of the weekend. As you mentioned, the latest from Jordan Peele. Nope, it is uh, the third Jordan Peele movie and the third one to finish number one at the box office. Uh, The highest grossing movie from an original script since Us. So... Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, I, I could have given you that impromptu quiz. But yeah, it's it's Jordan Peele competing against Jordan Peele at this point. He's a, wow. a genre all to himself. So uh, I, I want to ask, what is your reaction to the reaction to Nope thus far? I was thinking about my reaction to the reaction and how I would react. And exactly. What better position to be in? You know, there's a line in the movie, with, keeping it very cryptic, uh, where... The father figure says, we've already made it, just execute. And I feel like it's Jordan talking to himself. He's in this very interesting point where after three movies, after the first one gets you an Oscar, where do you go from there? Mm -hmm. And I know he's talked a lot about Nope being the movie that he couldn't have filmed five years ago. And I think he means that in like a dozen different ways. Mm -hmm. If he hadn't gone through the success of Get Out and Us, 
I don't think he puts a lot of the themes that he does in Nope, especially when it comes to the idea of it being a movie about movies. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way. We always talk about that box set, you know, at the end of his career. What looks better than seeing a Get Out, Us, Nope, all original projects? I've been telling Zach it's going to be a Nope 2. One of them is going to get a sequel. I'll see it. I'll believe it when I see it. I don't mind it as long as it's his own sequel. But I love that he's invested in himself. I don't think there's any better way to go. There's a lot of homages in this movie that uh, were actually pitched to him. Uh, Obviously, every director that's on the rise gets pitched a Marvel movie, some IP. And he has practically said, I, as much as I love anime and all that stuff, will never take an IP. Because I will not be able to make it what I want to make it. And I can at least say, with all three of these, they're Jordan Peele films. Even with what he homages, it's not going to be like Stranger Things where 10 years down the line, they just go back to Spielberg. They will go back to Nope, uh, to Get Out, to Us. And regardless of what it homaged, he interpolates it in a way where he makes it something very Mm -hmm. unique. And uh, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the big differences between Get Out and Nope is that Get Out is a movie that is very kind of like clean in terms of the the message that it's giving you, right? Like it's it's not there. While there is room to interpolate aspects of the plot, the over idea of Get Out is one that is a little bit hard to deny, right? Like the you you get the themes of of racism Grimoire. and of exploitation and of uh, of appropriation, and it, it's almost like hard to watch the movie and not see all that with nope he's become a little bit more obfuscated in his approach he's he's a little bit less uh didactic about the what he's trying to tell you Mm -hmm. and he's become a really really interesting filmmaker in terms of the way that he uh puts together a set piece the spectacle he's able to put on the big screen while i don't think that i like nope as much as I like Get Out, I think that it's also a movie that like really, really rewards pulling it apart, talking about it, thinking about it, and and, and like it's almost I don't know. I, I see why some people are bumping up against some of the things in Nope, uh, but I also think that if your reaction to the movie is like, why was that part with the animal in it? then like you're you're not watching the movie really you're not like reading the text that's in the on the screen i'd say give it another chance for that because i agree with you dude and i know we said that get out is number 1 and i do still think it's number 1 but damn nope is way closer than i thought it was mm. after my repeated viewings there are things just right off the bat that you are catching on a rewatch and you only get it on a rewatch that's what makes Get Out so good. You're re-watching that movie and noticing things when they get pulled over that you're like, oh, right. completely different context. There are just shots, no dialogue in this movie that makes you go, that's what that means. Then you're hearing someone say something now that you know their uh, ending motivations or what they were going for. Uh, different things just, just, you know, depending on what perspective you may have in the film industry, depending if you have siblings, because uh, I would say that's a big part of this movie that a lot of people aren't expecting. Um Depending on how many sci-fis you've watched in your life, the way that he's able to flip on them, I think, is done really well. But I've seen a lot of people go into this very disappointed it's a horror movie, dude. So I think for a lot of people who may know his stuff from Get Out or Us, where it is really creepy, mm-hmm. this is more of an epic sci-fi movie. Like, it is, it is 100% an alien adventure type film that then becomes like this family drama with siblings mm-hmm. about like the film industry. And then it's sprinkled with horror. So I, I I will say that if you're going into this thinking that it's like a horror film, I can see you being disappointed. But I don't think that should be the approach that you take because um, it's 100 percent an alien movie. I think that's what he's serving up for you. Um, and I like to see that. I like to see the way that he's been blending yeah. genres because a big part of it is to not be in a checkbox. And that's one thing that he's been trying to dismantle with it. But go into it knowing that it's. A lot like Close Encounters. I rewatched Close Encounters recently because I know he said that was the biggest mm-hmm. inspiration for him. And seeing that that movie isn't just like aliens, but oh my gosh, this dramatic life that mm-hmm. I have at home with my children and my children don't see me as a man. We were okay with that back in the 70s. I'm loving it right now in the 2020s because what he's able to include into this movie, I think in like a decade from now, we'll be able to rewatch it, distance from it, and I think pick up a lot more things Uh and I just want to talk spoilers with you, man. I, I'm yeah. trying to like bounce around without getting yeah. too much into it. But I, I definitely give this movie a chance. And if you can, give it multiple watches because it's one that rewards you every single time, just like his previous movies. 
All right, so we will get into spoilers on the next live stream following this one, but let's keep it with what's playing in theaters with my old school, which got a limited release over the weekend. Uh, this is a movie that we actually missed, one of the very few movies that we missed when it played at Sundance earlier this year, Sundance 2020, but it, it's a pretty peculiar blend of of documentary and recreations that also features the actor Alan Cumming. Art, I know that you got to watch this one. Tell me a little bit more about My Old School. Uh, it's really just talking head type of documentary that's able to mix in some animation about this guy who entered these people's school years ago and I guess was so peculiar looking <laughs> that it almost became a movie. Uh, the reason Alan Cummings is in this, and we didn't know this going into it, was that Alan Cummings was supposed to play this guy decades ago. That fell through, and now that they made a documentary version of it, he's like, I want Alan Cummings to voice me because I will only record audio. I will not appear in this movie at all. So he lip syncs the entire thing. I think he does it flawlessly. Um, I think it's a very interesting documentary and in where you're seeing how these people approach this one kid in school, all the different dynamics that can happen when you kind of feel like an outsider or rumors that start. But then also what happens if said rumors may have some validity to them. Uh, I think it's a very interesting documentary that when you rewatch it, you end up noting a lot of different things uh, and interactions that play completely differently once you hear some of these people's anecdotes and how they were hanging out with this guy. But um I thought it was a very interesting doc. Wouldn't enter probably my top ones out of Sundance. Uh, but I, I did wish we would have caught it back then because uh, just the way that it plays out would have been very interesting to see all of our reactions to it. Because there were similar movies that played at the fest that had scenarios that were kind of similar that had us all in disgust. Um, but I will say that out of a lot of the reviews on Letterboxd, be careful. A lot of people saw this movie at Sundance did not finish it. And y'all are telling on yourself with some of these reviews, claiming that some stuff doesn't happen in this movie when it does. Stick through the whole thing. Uh, you will be, I don't want to say rewarded, you will be creeped out with some of the stuff that they keep hinting at you that they do mm. deliver it at by the end of it. But My yeah. Old School, a really interesting story of a 16-year-old named Brandon Lee. Yeah, you were telling me that it's one of those films that once you get to the end, you kind of look at a lot of things in a different light. So yes. that definitely made me curious about it. So uh, my old school, definitely want to keep that one on my radar. Uh, let's move on to streaming, where I think the biggest competition that Nope had came in the form of a $200 million Netflix movie, and one that also saw one of the biggest stars in Hollywood return to the screen for the first time in like what was it is it been five years since we got our last ryan gosling movie did we get one recently i mean i i didn't see a whole lot of it i saw i already um, made a skittles commercial this past weekend and attached it to a very long movie but uh in terms of a movie star ryan gosling i i'm waiting on barbie for that one this was a joke i did not think you could get worse than red notice <laughs> yeah, I mean, my my sort of feeling, at least given the the comparison of Retin Notice, which feels like the right comparison, right? These are these hugely expensive movie star action vehicles and attempts by Netflix to start their own version of like a blockbuster franchise. But both of them just end up feeling a bit soulless is I think the the easiest way to describe it like I'm I'm not sure that there is any passion at any point beyond this project beyond just like trying to get a paycheck and at least Red Notice has the courtesy of being like attempting to be entertaining in the form of of quips and silly things happening this I just found to be really like one note and personalityless, and I I don't know if I feel completely entitled to my review because I I <laughs> fell asleep during it, but I think that also speaks to the lack of quality that something that cost this much money is not able to hold my attention. Yeah, I, I don't like it's such a boring movie. There's nothing to yeah. add to it, dude. In Red Notice, at least. It's Ryan Gosling doing that Ryan Gosling thing again. Oh, I'd rather be annoyed of an actor doing his acting bit than to see Ryan Gosling say lines it sounds like he doesn't even want to say. 
We've seen uh, Chris Evans play a bad guy in Knives Out. What's he doing here? It was like every single piece of his dialogue is, I am bad guy. Do you have yeah. mustache to twirl? Just say it with some more pizzazz. You know that I'm a sucker for Ana de Armas because I had nothing bad to say about her, but it's not like mm-hmm. she's given anything good. Uh, I Yeah, no, there is nothing redeemable in this movie that makes it worth that price tag because that's really all that they're flaunting. Um, and it sucks because how do you go from the Russo brothers directing what is the biggest movie of all time with Endgame and then coming in here and not being able to create something from... Is this a... Oh, that's right. This is a an adaptation. This is a novel yeah. that originally Chris McQuarrie wanted to adapt and it fell through. So he's mm-hmm. like, fine, I'm just going to take my favorite moments from this book and adapt it to a little movie called Ro- uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah. When you compare the Fallout uh, Halo sequence where they actually jump out of the sky and you realize, oh, he was inspired by this book. Well, let me see what the Russo brothers do for their adaptation. It is. It has to be the worst action editing I have seen in a minute. Mm-hmm. None of it feels real. It all feels fake as can be. Yeah. You know, none of these actors were there with the second unit. Where did the money go? What was the point of it? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm really questioning that because it's not How'd a movie you fall that asleep looks and not miss anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't. It's not a movie that looks particularly good. It's not a movie that like was particularly impressive with its visuals. It tries to do some of that like weird drone cinematography completely worse than Ambulance did earlier this year. It just pales in comparison. Um, I don't know, man. Do we have to have a serious talk about the Russo brothers? Like, they are legends in TV, directing the pilot for Arrested Development, one of the great comedy pilots of all time, uh, directing the pilot for Community, and and putting Community on the path to being one of the most visually compelling comedy shows of all time on TV. Like, these guys are legitimately amazing when it comes to half-hour comedies and and baffling when it comes to their feature film work. Yeah, especially outside of the MCU where they don't have like iconic characters to hold them up. I mean, y- you said they went from Endgame to this. Devil. They didn't go straight. There, there was a little stop at Chirk along Jeez. the way. That is true. Uh, what is it with them taking the superheroes that brought them like their biggest movie and then going like, what if Spider-Man was a drug addict? <laughs> what, what if Captain America was the Had a mustache. <laughs> yeah, what if it wasn't America's ass, but America's asshole? It makes no sense whatsoever. I, I feel bad because if you were actually a fan of The Gray Man, you could have gotten a better adaptation, but then at that point, just go see those sequences in Mission Impossible. Uh, I've... I'm glad I didn't have to see this in theaters, but holy moly, does it look terrible on your screens. Netflix, yeah. y'all said you weren't going to do 200 mil projects no more. Should have capped it with this one. The <laughs> right. Gray Man. Said that on too Netflix. We were late. just having this discussion. Zach, what do you give this movie? What would you give it from what you saw? Say you're rating it. I mean, I was probably going to go like two or one and a half, but I I don't know if I want to say that what without actually watching it. How? But how many more two stars can I add to my letterbox? I was trying to tell you this. These two star movies, they pop out everywhere. Uh, I'm going to have to plug it in later. But The Gray Man, streaming on Netflix. Leave it there. Yeah. All right. Uh, also, streaming this weekend is anything possible. This is a new film on Amazon Prime. Interestingly, this one's directed by Billy Porter. Uh, Of course, famous Mm -hmm. for his roles in Pose, as well as the recent Cinderella film that starred uh, Camila Cabello. Uh, I believe this is his future directorial debut. I don't know if you have anything, uh, any information. It was supposed to be like a short. Yeah. No, this is supposed to be like his main one. So, what did you think about Anything's Possible? Uh, It's pretty cute. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Amazon, I don't trust Amazon with these rollouts. I remember they had that other one about the, like, dude who could dance and he was supposed to be like i don't know making it really big there was another prime one from last year uh that had a big push but not really they like fumbled the bag there i think they're gonna fumble the bag with this one as well but uh he makes a a cute i want to say they're in high school movie where you have um two high schoolers who 
you know, they're dealing with all the stuff that they have to go through. But specifically, you have our main actress is uh, trans. So because of that, they're, she's surrounded by like a bunch of friends who want to fight for her. And she's like, I never asked you to fight for me. Uh, I'm trying to normalize me just being me. So not everything needs to be a cause. So it's a, a lot of interesting perspectives that you actually get to see from a character expressing uh, mm-hmm. herself and not necessarily trying to be the, the checkbox or whatnot. Um, it's still your average little high school movie. It's cute. It has, you know, the the um, love thing going back and forth. But it has a pretty decent soundtrack. I didn't know Billy Porter uh, could sing like that. I, I guess I should know. He's got like four tracks on this, including the main credit song that wow. he has towards the end. So uh, I would say for those of you who love those streaming movies like Crush and... Uh, I'm trying to think what Netflix had recently um, that was kind of similar. Uh, put this one up your alley. It would uh, I'd give it a pretty low but decent enough run to where if this was out in theaters, uh, I'd say awesome. definitely go catch it. All right, cool. Anything, Anything's possible over on Prime. Let's talk about some of the TV that debuted over the past week, uh, starting with the Ethan Hawke show, The Last Movie Stars, his documentary. Um, I haven't had the chance to catch this yet, but you said you caught the first one or two? Mm-hmm. Um, who would have thought? They came up to Ethan Hawke. I think it was the kids came up to him and said, hey, Ethan, can you direct a documentary <laughs> about her parents? And nice. he's like, yeah, sure, why not? He ends up gathering a bunch of celebrities to come in and do the voices. So like George Clooney will do nice. the voice for Paul Newman whenever they need anything like that. And it's a, it's a stacked cast. Um a lot of it is done in like Zoom calls. So the whole premise is that you're looking back at these two stars who weren't just these big icons, but you know, they were married together. They made, I think they said they worked together on over 50 productions. Um, and it's just having this legacy in cinema of not just working together, but being like that powerhouse couple that everyone was looking towards. Um, and he does a lot of comparisons, not only to uh, Hollywood of that time and Hollywood of now, but like I said, because he's filming this during the pandemic, he took it because he was going to have all this free time to like kind of cut something up. Um, but it, there's a lot of uh, Skype calls that are happening. So he's like talking about the project while pitching hmm. the project almost to a degree. Like he's having discussions with people about them. Uh, and that's the only part of it that where you have this like the last movie stars. And there's no set when talking to the talking heads. It's literally done over a Zoom call. Uh, I wish that was done a little bit better, but the archives that he's able to dig through and the way that he's able to actually get a lot of the actors to come in and do the voiceovers, uh, I thought was pretty cool. And they have a lot of intimate moments between them already in the first two episodes, but I'm very curious to see uh, how deep they get into their careers and especially a lot of the behind the scenes uh, and how they approach a lot of their projects. But uh, I would highly recommend it. I, I would... Say that uh, between him and even Alex Winters, who I want to take this one back, so I'm saying this one cautiously, who really surprised me with a lot of the direct mm-hmm. uh, directing he was doing on Docs, um, until he did the, <laughs> until he did the YouTube effect one. So that's why I don't want to put that out there. But I thought he did some pretty good Docs over there, uh, and it seems like he's got a career, Ethan Hawke, with doing some documentaries or at hmm. least full on directing that I know he wants to have in his future. But as of right now. Good thing to catch up over on HBO Max, and I think all six episodes are already oh, up, so I just need cool. to wrap it up. But it's a very stacked cast, oh, uh, voicing cool. a lot of these people here. So I didn't realize it was quite so, uh, like I guess, experimental in its structure. But that that sounds very intriguing. I uh, yeah, I mean, just the idea of Ethan Ethan Hawke uh, lending his perspective to the story mm-hmm. sounds intriguing enough that yeah, I'll, I'll have to catch up with them when we finish. And we'll you met him. Maybe circle. Oh, he actually got to meet Newman. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit that he talks about there, and he feels that that's why uh, the, the kids wanted him. So mm. Interesting. Yeah, sealed there. So, yeah. yeah. Last right, cool. movie stars. Yeah, maybe we'll circle back to that show when we both have a chance to finish it. For sure. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Mind Over Murder because the finale is actually, it might be airing right now or, or in half an hour <laughs> over on HBO. Uh, it gonna, it's going to wrap up its six-episode run. This is a really fascinating doc, true crime documentary series directed by Nanfu Wang, one of our favorite documents, uh, that takes a look at a pretty intriguing uh, murder case, the bizarre story of... Uh, Helen Wilson's killing in Beatrice, ne- Nebraska, and the uh, Beatrice Six, who uh, some of whom confessed to her murder, and the f- effect that 
this whole incident had, not just on the people involved, but on the town at large. Uh, uh, Simultaneously, the town is mounting a theatrical production of retellings of uh, police uh, interviews and different trial excerpts, sort of recreating the story of around these killings. So I think uh, where we've gotten to at this is right before the actual performance of uh, of all those of these recreations. So it's really gotten uh, it's really been focused particularly, or I guess more heavily, I would say on the true crime aspect of it. And it is a very compelling, twisty, turny, true crime story that serves as like a fascinating sociological document at the ways in which people can be manipulated, particularly by shoddy police work. Um, So that whole aspect is really fascinating, but I haven't been able to catch the finale yet. I'm excited for it tonight because it's going, it, it feels like it's all culminating in a big way. And, you know, I'm sure there's going to be something really exciting uh, with that. So I don't know how far you've gotten into the series, but how are you enjoying Mind Over Murder so far? I'm still in the early in the early episodes uh, when the pilot came out. I didn't have access to all of it uh, until recently. Mm. So now that I have access to all of it, yeah, I definitely wanted to catch up on it. But I mean, it's Nan Fu Wong. Uh, We have recommended her stuff in the past. So if you haven't seen any of her previous documentaries go check them out and catch this one because uh, from what I got, even the townspeople are like, are we, are we really going to do this? <laughs> and I, I, I leave it to her to, to make it the most effective, but uh, mind over murder. I love the pilot. Can't wait to wrap up the five hours of this because this is actually a docu-series that uses the docu-series element to it, to its mm-hmm. advantage. It's not just an overlong doc. It's actually leading up to something. So Mind Over Murder on HBO. All right. So maybe we will wrap that up next week or the week after if you get a chance to catch up. Uh, Let's also talk about American Horror Stories, which just debuted a couple new episodes over on Hulu. I thought it just debuted in general. And Art let me know it's actually season two. They they did a whole season (laughs) one. So uh, this is... There's a whole season one This is not the anthology show created by Ryan Murphy in which each season would tell a different story of uh, a different horror story of different themes. This is the anthology episode to episode show in which each episode tells its own horrific story. So art, I don't know. First of all, were you an American horror story watcher? And second of all, how is American horror stories by comparison? I've never watched. It's recommended to me all the time. I know there's a bunch of seasons. Um, I heard you pitched it to me that it was, you know, anthologies within anthologies. And I was like, oh, that's even easier yeah. to consume. I don't have to finish the, just gotta, I literally just have to finish the episode, not episodes. Um, this would have been the first thing I've ever watched. Season two has one episode out so far, and I think they're going weekly. Uh, it's called Dollhouse. I have heard that this show gets really crazy and gruesome and whatnot. I won't say it's lived up to the expectations that a lot of people have thrown at me. But, you know, the season two intro was pretty mm-hmm. interesting. You have, and I want to make sure I get the actress right here, because, yeah, Christine Froseth. Some of you may know her from, <laughs> I feel really bad that the first thing I know her from is uh, Sierra Burgess. <laughs> but she's in a, several other shows. Uh, she comes in, and she's trying to do, like, this job interview, and then she ends up, like, in a dollhouse. That's the premise of it. And I like that they're able to make something like that, because I don't see a premise for one episode being stretched out into a season. So to be able to have a lot of these creepy stories that they're able to just one and done uh, in under an hour, I think suits uh, a lot of these stories very well. Um, And I thought this one did a decent enough job in the way that it's shot. Mind you, it is the pilot uh, for season two. Um, But the way that they're able to build up the tension leading up to it, that I'm curious to see if they're able to hold that for all the other ones. Again, it's an anthology. So that's allows you to have like the middle episode just be eh, (laughs) filler. Um, so at that point, you're not really changing anything from making it an anthology right. series where you didn't have enough to wrap it up. But uh, from what I was able to see from this one, I'm kind of curious to go back on it. I'm, I'm hoping to finish season two so that I can wrap them all up leading up to October because I believe uh, this anthology series is going to end a couple of weeks right before October. Cool. So right in time for uh, Halloween to have a bunch of scary stories to binge. Halloween? Yeah. Smart. Um, you know, I think it's... 
I like the idea of these anthology shows, although I feel like there's yet to be one that I found really gripping. Like, I, I don't include High Maintenance, which is obviously one of my favorite shows, because that at least there's kind of like a through line or a consistency in terms of the, the types of stories it's telling. But, you know, like Room 104 and and this, like they sound really cool, but I've, I just, I don't know, I've never like been drawn back in. Interesting. Uh, probably like Love Death right. Robots. That's I think a, would be Netflix's that's biggest a good call. one right that's now. That's a pretty the one a lot of people um, enjoy now. Yeah, and I, and I know uh, Blumhouse tried doing a bunch of theirs over on Prime. It could have been Hulu. They had like Piku and a bunch of like different horror stories that they tried to make. But what was funny about those is those felt like feature mm-hmm. ideas that never made it, and then they just called them episodes. <laughs> Here it kind of sounds like uh, pitches. That they're finally able to create into something. So we'll see how it goes. Very cool. All right. So that's American Horror Stories. Just going to wrap up uh, the weekend must watch by mentioning a couple TV shows we have our eyes on right now. You know, uh, Primal started back up over on Adult Swim and they got their episodes uh, on HBO Max. There's also the Issa Rae show, Rap Shit, that I believe just started its run uh, this week. Yeah, I got to. It had two episodes. I got to catch one. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. It's very much, uh, you know, when Issa stares at the right, mirror? Right, right. Is I, that? <laughs> kind of feels like it would be in that spirit. Uh, the Anarchists, which we mentioned after the first episode, is continuing its run. I think that one you meant you wrote that the uh, finale is coming August 14th, so still a couple more weeks of that. Mm-hmm. Um, trying season three over on Apple TV Plus, I believe, is back. Uh, and I think the one that most of us are paying attention to would be the rehearsal over on HBO, the new Nathan yes, Fielder show that just aired. I want to say it's second episode on Friday, which is when we start to get into the world of this like family and house in o- Oregon, which uh, not to detail too much, but becomes like a running thing throughout the rest of the show. Uh, I, I mean, man, the just the world he's building is so so fascinating uh it it just he takes it to new 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 levels each week um i'm really i'm really really loving the rehearsal i've uh we we've both caught all five of our screeners now so i don't know i'm on edge for that sixth episode you said that there's an extra one you said there's a sixth episode so i'm Mm -hmm. looking forward to it but catch this one as fast as you can easily can't even spoil this one really it's about the reactions yeah I mean, I'm just so excited to be able to discuss this with people without hiding things, too. Uh, But other than rehearsal, any of these shows stood out to you as the ones that you're paying the most attention to right now? Uh, Primal, because I really like the first season slash feature that they had. What I was trying to tell you was that the season one was technically a movie because they submitted it for the Oscars and then kind of chopped it up and released it. Uh, And they're continuing that for season two. So it's the man who made... Let me pull it back up. It's the man who made Dexter's Lab, mm-hmm. my G. A bunch of the classics growing up. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I really love his animation style. Uh, and then I want to get into trying. Uh, I started catching the season one because I've never caught any of the show, but my brother loves, loves, loves. He claims this is the best really? show on Apple TV. And you a big Apple TV fan. He's a big Apple Tim TV Cook fan, fan too. I need to get him like a sweater or something. <laughs> Let's <Yeah>. just. We'll... <laughs> I'd say I'd get him exactly. the Tim Cook AirPods, but he don't wear AirPods. Uh, yeah, no, he loves this show. Um, but it's about them having kids, and like, I don't know if I'm feeling. I don't know if I've been like watching a show about yeah. a young couple ready to have some kids right now. I'm not trying to catch a baby fever, but uh, I've heard some good things cool. about it, and it's got pretty good ratings. So those would be the two. Dope. Uh, I've been catching some more episodes of The Bear because I'm still behind on that, and I've been hearing nothing but great things. And also, you another thing that you after you had exactly the beef, bro. I, you took me to Mr. Beef, so of course I, I have to get into the show now. Um, and I, I gotta say, I like I have an additional uh. appreciation for all the beautiful shots of Chicago and the 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 design of the kitchen there you go. that they've recreated. It's dope. Um, so yeah. Watch yeah, the bears I'm, I'm really enjoying the bear so far. Maybe we'll uh, circle back to that in more detail when I actually finish uh, that season. But let's move on from what we're watching and get into the yay or nay, where we break down the latest happenings in the film industry, starting with Long TV is back. Abbott Elementary was renewed for its second season to a full order of 22 episodes and we've also found out that the 
upcoming Daredevil Born Again series, which is bringing back Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio. Got an 18 episode order. I heard this was nah, eight. There's a one in front of that eight. Um, Art, yay or nay, you are excited for the return of long TV seasons. <laughs> you know my answer. Uh, for yeah. Abbott Elementary, yeah. I'm fine with it. If it's a sitcom, I don't have a problem with that. That's like the show that you want to spend literal literal filler time with people. Because what makes those shows, yes, it's the writing, but it's the characters. Man, when I heard it was eight, I was excited because the one thing Daredevil's no, like yeah. really known for is the graphic mm-hmm. novels. You know, it's not this ongoing crazy run, which, yes, he does have, but it's like the way Frank Miller is able to encompass one story. And I'm like, damn, what better version than like a miniseries? I, I had seen the Born Again title added to it as well, and I was like, oh, 18. It's a lot. Um, 18, Look, I'm Zach. going yay. At- How am I supposed to catch my... All my other MCU episodes. Well, that's the thing. I'm going yay because, as you said, I'm totally here for it for a sitcom. Like, yes, let me hang out with your fun characters as as long as possible. But I'm also for it for Marvel shows because at 18 episodes, I'm not going to bother. So it's one less thing for me to watch. That's more than a trimester. Yeah, it's it's kind of a while. Oh, no, no, no. I mean... I, and you already know, I don't even trust them yeah. with these characters. I've explained to you that it kind of felt the way that they did. I mean, we're kind of talking spoilers here. <laughs> what they did in Doctor Strange with a certain character. They're like, that guy's from a show? Well, we're about to tell you he. Oh, that, that show was in another dimension. It kind of feels like they're going to make the Netflix shows be in another multiverse. And now <laughs> here's these cute ones that don't swear. But Disney Plus this past week, I don't know if you saw. They got Deadpool 1, Deadpool 2. Logan. Logan. Uh, they're going to add porn next week. It's yeah. really crazy just how they've switched their entire <laughs> model. So maybe maybe I'm just being very extra mm-hmm. skeptical, and they are going to be able to do everything, even though they don't have the same team that they fired <laughs> from Netflix. But who knows? Yeah. Who knows, right? Well, The multiverse is full yeah, of possibilities. Well, we will see. Uh, let's move on to some announcements from San Diego Comic-Con, which we should just redub as FeigeCon because of Marvel absolutely dominated the weekend with a bunch of announcements none bigger though than the reveal of the black panther wakanda forever trailer art you said you caught this one i know you're not usually a guy who jumps on trailers but i think this one was hard to avoid so what was your reaction to seeing the glimpses of the upcoming ryan coogler movie yay or nay you know that some of them are just built yeah it's a yay bro uh, I really like that. I love the mashup. You know it's important when you stop what you're doing to watch it. And mm-hmm. I still need more. I still need more. But there's there's some heft, uh, there's some yeah. heft to that the- trailer. D- just the announcement, the drop of it, and the look of it. Um, I think there's a lot riding on this. We've been saying that. There is a yeah. lot riding on Black Panther 2 uh, or Wakanda Forever. So Yeah, I mean, it, we... This can't be another oh, door Absolutely. Four. But you know what? It... That's not the, the property thing is, I'll create. It doesn't here. really look like it from that trailer. The trailer is pretty visually stunning for one of these types of movies. There's there's some shots. There's there's some cinematography. There's a there's a sunset. It, first Chloe Zhao opening the door to some sunsets. I I my hope is here that like Coogler Coogler has the sway and he he leaned on Disney and showed and like convinced them how important it was to go all out. And, like, maybe they're going to improve on some of the things that weren't as good about the last one. Because I think, you know, while people really love uh, the story and the themes and a lot of the performances, there's some aspects of the visuals of the first one that uh, ultimately, you know, Mm. lessen the impact of that film. And so far, this one looks pretty good. It does look a, a little bit weirdly like Avatar. Like, why are there lanky blue people in this world, too? Um, but I don't know, man. I think there's just something about the tone of the trailer that is really in, enrapturing. It's really captivating. Um, makes me And makes me very hopeful that this is going to be a movie that can kind of walk that tightrope of, of doing a sequel to a film in which the uh, centerpiece is no longer with us. And 
I don't know. Um, it's also been fascinating to see the different reactions to the trailer. I know our our buddy Eman, who's been big on the hashtag recast T'Challa bandwagon, uh, had some mm-hmm. had some thoughts about the use of Chadwick Boseman as part of the spectacle, particularly on the week where we got Nope in theaters, uh, is pretty interesting. An interesting contrast, uh, but that doesn't make me not very excited because at this point, I don't think Coogler's made a bad film, so. Hopefully he continues that streak. My boy Tenoch is in this movie, bro. Let's mm-hmm. go. Do you know anything about the character he's playing, Namor or whatever? Um, for... um if I did, no. does it matter after no. Feige touches it? <laughs> so no. Yeah, he already changed some stuff there, but we'll see, dude. I'm All excited. Right, so aside from the reveal of the Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer, uh, which also had Michaela Cole, I was excited about that, even if it was just in a flash. Uh, we got. What are you talking about? Michaela Cole's mean? in black. What has Michaela Cole? bro. They sacrificed Kaluuya for <laughs> yeah, Michaela Cole? Yeah, I mean, Cole? like, look, it's a, it, a pretty decent trade, but I'd, it'd be nice if they had both, I guess. Um. <laughs> All right, okay. so beyond Black <laughs> Panther one. Wakanda Forever, Kevin Feige emptied the bag and revealed every single Phase five release. They listed them all out. Your birthday plan <laughs> yeah. for 2025. <laughs> Baptism for your children. Everything it's, has been it's scheduled. scheduled down to the month. We get Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium, Secret Invasion, Guardians 3, Echo, Loki Season 2, The Marvels, Blade, Ironheart, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, Daredevil, Born Again, Captain America 4, New World Order, and Thunderbolts, which will be running from f- February 2023 through July 2024. Art, yay or nay, does the reveal of the broader Phase 5 plan make you a bit more excited for the future of the MCU? No, only good movies do. (laughs) Uh, This kind of feels like uh, 5 is where they begin things. Yeah, it feels... Or I guess the end of uh, Black Panther. Right, because that's supposed to be the final Phase 4 movie. Every movie's been like... Right, but is it even like is that just going to be a movie that's kind of trying to resolve right. the passing of their? Like, acting? are they just going to use that, or is, is it trying? Is that going to be when they finally are like, all right, let's let's push it forward into this Kang storyline? Yeah, and we were yeah, and we were having this discussion of like, do they need to add to it? You know, does everything need to be a, a thing that connects to something? Well, yeah, that's what you built. You know, it's like Pixar making an economy out of Easter eggs, and then like, oh, what you guys right. wanted the Easter eggs? Yeah, that's. Kind of the relationship that's been built. You named these phases. Phase four, we'll see. You know, I know he's going to pull something up his sleeve where he's like, oh, go rewatch everything. You'll see it was there the entire time. Um, uh, somebody, I like the. Somebody pointed out that lit. there's been three MCU movies since the Eternals, and no one has mentioned that there's just a giant Titan stone man that's risen from the earth. But, you know, I guess paying attention to like the consequences of your films is not like a big part of the MCU. Um, well, what's her name had cancer and then she went up to Asgard. So like, wait, no, no, she, I said she went up Asgard's on earth. <laughs> Anyways, I like that. They're pulling the, uh, uh, matrix. Oh, well, well, I don't know if you remember yeah, when the Matrix yeah, yeah. came out with we'll two get, and three. We'll get to phase six in a second. Let's talk, talk about phase five just a little bit more. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. So, Jumping is there ahead, any sorry. movie from phase five that you're most excited to from from this list that we went through? I think for me, like, there's a part of me that's excited for for Blade with Mahershala, but I think I, I I'm a little bit like I need to see a trailer before I buy in. Um, I guess just from the list, I would go with uh, Guardians three. Because I've in, enjoyed a Guardians movie in the past, but there's not a whole lot here that gets me excited. I'm hoping for Guardians 3, because like you said, it's mm-hmm. going to be the wrap-up to him. Uh, Loki, magically, another multiverse is no longer a miniseries. <laughs> uh, Blade's the most I'm the most excited for, yeah. just because it's Mahershala. What do you want me to say? You what? want me to say Ant-Man, <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum I mean, you know what? what you, like, say, I know... you know what the thing about what? Ant-Man? Is that it was Ant-Man. And then it was Ant-Man and the Wasp. Now it's Ant-Man and the Wasp and Quantumania. So it's the four, Ant-Man and the Wasp and Quantumania. Right. The, like, is it, I feel like Ant-Man, poor little Ant-Man, just continues to get titles It's thematically appropriate. He becomes a smaller and smaller part of the title each time. Um, I, you know, weirdly, I would say <sighs> that Ant-Man is one of the ones I'm excited for because at least that movie knows it's a comedy. And a lot of these other movies don't know what they are. Um, 
I'm also struck by how short this timeline is compared to previous phases. I mean, they're going through a whole phase of the MCU. What are you talking about? You just told me they have 47 Daredevil episodes. That ain't short. I mean, maybe not in terms of runtime. There's a lot of movies and TV to work through here, but the entire phase five is going to take place over a year and four months as opposed to, you know, what, three years is the normal for these phases? Oh, so it's just more so the shorter timeline, not so much how... Yeah, because they, they're still stacked, dude. It's still one, two, three, f- five movies that they're fitting in there within that span of time and then all of the episodes. I, I just, I, I want to see them cohesively come together because as you said, you're seeing one thing in one movie and then that doesn't matter by the yeah. next movie. And then, I don't know, it's it's almost like this is a multi-billion dollar company and they could have that <laughs> secured. Yeah. But again, I'm... I'm really excited for six. Yeah, so some people in the live stream say, Magnitude is saying that Blade's the only thing he's interested in. Love Life is saying Blade is going to be fire. Ricky saying that he's looking forward to Daredevil. Pink Sweets saying they're looking forward to Ironheart. Yeah, we want them all to be good. I just, maybe my expectations are very high. My expectations are a little bit high for some of the titles in phase six. They only have revealed three of them so far. Uh, There's a... (laughs) Eleven in total, but the three they revealed are the Fantastic Four movie coming in November 2024, Avengers The Kang Dynasty, the fourth Avengers movie announced already for May 2025, and then a fifth Avengers movie, Avengers Secret Wars, the storyline that just about every Marvel nerd has thought that they're leading up to, confirmed uh, with this announcement for November 2024. 25 art what are you most excited about from these movies i like the release strategy of having something be in the spring and then yeah, the, the six fall. month gap the last time i remember that have yeah because obviously with endgame and infinity war that was what 2018 2019 Ooh, made it right before the world <laughs> shut down the last sequel that i think did this was the matrix when they did they did it in note three where in the spring it was uh what reloaded and then it was revolutions um in the fall so i'm kind of interested to see how that's going to play out because they've never done a one-two punch like that and i feel like there's there's more money they can make from that when you have people buzzing and and you don't have to wait the whole year where it may sizzle out it's right there already do you think they're going to keep the names um i guess they didn't keep the names Captain America Civil War wasn't that was changed right, right and wasn't the last minute. uh it Infinity War Part 1 and Part 2 before it was revealed to be Endgame. <laughs> well, nope. I on one hand I feel like they seem like they're they're Secret, even Secret more Wars. planned out than they used to be. So it feels like maybe some of these things will stay, but at the same hand, on the same time, Marvel is known for changing things up at their will. So, yeah, uh I wouldn't be surprised to see some of these things change, for sure. Um, I would like to see after Avengers Secret War, um, the Flash movie. Do you think we might get that after <laughs> Avengers Secret War or after Phase 7? <laughs> I think you need to find the Flash movie on like the dark web. Um, is it a little weird that they've announced uh, Avengers movies and we don't really know who's in the Avengers? Eh. Eh. No, it's yeah. smart. You know, you got your versus team thing here. It's like it used to be you're told who's on the roster. Now you're going to have people pitching and, and, and doing campaigns on who should be on the Avengers list. Yeah, You, you don't know. It's a bunch of youngsters. I'll say yeah. that. I don't know. I, I am excited about the idea of getting the two in one year. I hope they can build momentum that way. But, you know, there's they got to they're doing a lot of setup. And I am not sure I have the patience for all these movies that they've announced. So I can't wait for every movie to tell us that the X-Men are coming. <laughs> Um, All right, so let's also talk about some TIFF announcements because we got word of a few world premieres that will be playing in Toronto this fall. Uh, There will be Michael uh, Grandage's My Policeman, which is a movie starring Harry Styles I know a lot of people are very excited about. Ryan Johnson's Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, also will be doing a world premiere at TIFF. Gina Prince-Bythewood's 
The Woman King, which stars Viola Davis. Some people are tipping that as a potential Oscar nominee. Okay. Sanaa Lathan with her directorial debut on The Come Up, another interesting-looking film. Nicholas Stoller, director of Forgetting Sarah Marshall, one of my favorite comedies. He's back with Bros, starring Billy Eichner. Then Lena Dunham, back with another movie after Sharp Stick at Sundance. She plays Tiff with Catherine called Birdie, two in one one. year. Uh, But there's also... Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans, starring Michelle Williams, Paul Dano, Seth Rogen, Gray Man star Julia Butters, and Judd Hirsch. So of... Stop, bro. Don't do it like that. Of these world premieres, which TIFF premiere are you most excited for? Whichever has the latest uh, premiere. <laughs> <laughs> I saw they had a couple of like those. Like I think the the Woman King looks decent. That comes out. Lena Dunham's movie is going to be on uh, Prime by October like seventh or something. So if that's happening, probably none of those. So I have to say yeah. Spielberg. Spielberg's the only one of these that didn't even include a still from the movie in their TIFF announcement. They're like we're, we're keeping Ooh, this under wraps. And that's when you know. And that's what you know, yeah. Uh, the first one sounds yeah. kind of interesting. I don't know too much about it. The one with Harry Styles. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, it's a story about him being closeted. I'm, I'm not 100% certain, but I know there's just like, I mean, the the Harry Styles fans out there are obviously uh, salivating over, over this role. Um, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Knives Out. I'm going to probably really enjoy Knives Out too as well, but I'm, I'm totally with you. We don't have a date, right? Uh, do we not have a date? I don't know if we do. Um Netflix just keeps saying, stay subscribed, yeah. please. That's, that's how it. they get, get you. Um, I, I would also probably yeah. go with the Spielberg movie, though. I mean, this is also a film that is based in part on Spielberg's own life, supposedly. And it's the first time that he'll have a screenplay credit on a film since AI in 2001. So, like, this is this is like a personal project for one of the goats. And I feel like hot that's off great. of West Side Story, like... I don't know, man. This this might be this might be a big one. This might be a good one. I'm really, really excited for it. Jeez, um, you know the story with AI? Oh yeah, about how that was yeah. Kubrick's movie mm-hmm. before he passed, and then like he said, I I want one person to finish it. It was Steven. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Awesome. Um, there was also a couple announcements from the other big fall film festivals. New York Film Festival announced that Till, the Emmett Till story, will have its world premiere at New York Film Festival. And the Venice Film Festival also announced that it will world's premiere Noah Baumbach's new film, White Noise, from Netflix. And that movie is going to actually open the Venice Film Festival. Uh, So a lot of really... That's Adam Driver? (laughs) Also Greta Gerwig in the background looking a little bit different, too. Um, I, I think... Stop, bro. I thought this was the guy who plays Pinocchio. Who won for for (laughs) life? Roberto Benigni. I'm really hyped for Noah for uh, White Noise. They Netflix gave this man like a hundred forty oh, wow. million dollars to to adapt this we esoteric about book. This on the yeah, hangout. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm very excited for these. They're out there. Okay. All right. So Sounds a lot good. of awards season contenders to look forward to at those fall film festivals. We'll, of course, talk about them once we get the chance to see them. But that's about all for yay or nay. Before we get into the new to see, we would like to thank the Intercuity Plus patrons, those wonderful people who are supporting the show. They are Ewan, Julieta, Garrett, Tim, Elizabeth, Josh, Ashley, Marion, Michael, and D.A. Our Academy-level members are Tushar, Cademan, Connor, Pete, Sean, and May. And of course, a big thanks to the academy, or sorry, to the producer level patrons, Awkward and Udenvir. Thanks again for all the support and a reminder that you too can become a member at patreon.com slash intercutpod, where you can sign up for patron benefits like early access to intercut episode outlines, access to private channels on the intercut discord, and an invitation to our monthly patron google meetings we're gonna do our june patron google meeting after our nope spoiler stream tonight so if you want to come and argue with us about jordan peele or about what the meaning is behind the symbolism in nope here's your chance sign up for one dollar a month over on patreon are you excited to debate nope with the people what the shoe means please 
please pay us and let us know what the shoe represents. We're dying. Yeah, let just us please know give us a clue. Before the other shoe drops. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, we'll have some very interesting discussions, especially with us being midway through. So we just came up with our list of all of our favorites throughout the year uh, for movies and for TV. So we're at that halfway point. Where we've been getting a lot of recommendations from people uh, m- m- uh, many times for what's coming in the horizon. But uh, it's good to have a halfway list. So I'm curious to see what everyone's halfway list is so far. What we may be missing, too. All right. So let's get into the new to see and talk about the new releases heading into the rest of the week. First of all, Hellbender on July 26th, one of our favorite Fantasia movies. It's going to be available on VOD, digital and DVD for those of you who don't want to get that fun Shutter subscription. You can finally rent Hellbender, the really delightful family witch story. Uh, we, I think this is like a really cool, scrappy movie. We enjoyed this one quite a bit. Yep. Mm-hmm. July 27th, Disney Plus is debuting Light and Magic about industrial light and magic. Cool. Uh, yeah, it is very cool. I'm always excited for a behind-the-scenes look at you know some of the people behind, behind our iconic I movie moments. You. Uh, but I think the July 27th release I'm really excited for is We Met in Virtual Reality, one of our favorite documentaries out of the 2022 Sundance Film Festival. You also really liked We Met Virtual Reality, right? I yeah. loved We Met in Virtual Reality. I think this is in my top 10. Uh, I, I think it does a really great job of not just putting you in that setting, but understanding right. that setting. You and I have seen so many docs that is like a, a director going, mm, those incels over there look like they have a very interesting story I could pitch for a festival. And then they have no idea what they're covering. This is someone who lived in virtual reality. The man had lens. He has lenses for VR. Like he, he has an actual camera that he's filming in there. It's It's fascinating. Highly recommend this one over on HBO. Awesome. Yeah, I'm very excited to revisit it because it's it's just such a fascinating way to portray uh, people and get, and get this side of people, right? Uh, very intimate and cool documentary. On July 28th, HBO Max is also adding Harley Quinn, season three. I haven't caught any of this, but I know that DC fans particularly love this show. It's got a lot of personality and uh, fun, fun writing. You, you enjoy it too? Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm surprised it's lasted this long. It's good. Catch up, bro. I, I might have to catch up with it. I hear it's like legitimately great. Um, but on July 28th, the thing that I'm looking forward to is a Peacock show called The Resort. This stars a couple of our favorites, including William Jackson Harper, Christine, Kristen Milioti, Nick Offerman, Ben Sinclair. Uh, but is also showrun by former Intercut guest Andy Ciara, the writer of Palm Springs. Yeah. Hey, all right. You got a whole series yeah. then. Sounds interesting. Yeah, it sounds very interesting. There's some like true crime conspiracy happening here. Uh, so we'll we'll catch that because I think they just added the screeners to our account too. So maybe we'll catch some of those episodes and report back next week mm-hmm. on the resort. Your boy Benson yeah, Clay's in there too. Mr. High Maintenance. Nice. On He's Friday, started. July 29th, we get Alone Together on digital and VOD. Uh, <laughs> it hit theaters last weekend. Oh, we just had that at the yeah. top of our list. Yeah, we were like, did you catch no. it in theaters? No. Catch I it on catch VOD it. this week. You don't yeah. even have to go out. Uh, this is the the new Where film written, directed, and starring Katie Holmes, interestingly. I didn't realize she had ambitions behind the camera as well, but uh, curious about this one. Neither did she. <laughs> uh, we also, I think... I would say this is probably the biggest release of the weekend. I don't know if you disagree with me. DC League of Super Pets hits theaters with Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart, Kate McKinnon, John Krasinski, and a whole bunch of big-name voice actors. Looks cute. Nah. A love song, Zach, is in theaters. This is another one of the 2022 Sundance movies that we unfortunately missed. But yeah, I mean, we we are Sundance completionists. uh, So I'm sure we will catch this one and report back when we get the chance to. I'm also really excited for Not Okay releasing on Hulu. And I'm excited really for... One reason and one reason alone. It's it's got our girl Zoe Dutch. Deutsch Dutch. I always I always mispronounce it, even though it's yeah. Dutch it, and I know that's it's what, Dutch. I always say Deutsch. Yeah. I always mispronounce it. Yeah. Um, this is her second movie with Dylan O'Brien. I know they did right. the outfit together, and their press tour was like they're they're very funny together. So I'm curious to see what they've got going on here. Um, is it supposed to be like a comedy? 
Is this I'm not positive. A sad I'm not positive. Movie? She's <laughs> yeah. comedy drama. It's Searchlight, so it, it's a so real we'll movie. It, it looks pretty interesting. It's one of these movies that, interestingly, uh, right. is developed by Searchlight, but going straight to Hulu, like Fire Island did. Um, yeah. Interesting. And then Quinn Shepard, I know her as an actress, oh. but I guess she directed a movie called Blame, and this would be her second directorial debut, so, okay. Interesting. Have that on the radar. Uh, over on Amazon prime video yes, we sir. have paper girls which i think you caught a few episodes of right oh, i caught i read some of the graphic novels as well i think this is a very good series Ooh, uh, okay. about these paper girls who I, I forget 80s yeah 80s uh and then something happens maybe something out of this world maybe something not Ooh. of planet earth appears and uh Ooh. some timeline shenanigans may be happening i think it looks beautiful it was shot here <laughs> uh, in the suburbs of chicago i got some buddies who worked on it and they're like did, they do, did you see the episode with the purple lights? Because, damn, they really like the purple lights. I have heard, <laughs> reportedly, allegedly, supposedly, that the show's already canceled. And it all depends on how mm. well the show does on a week-to-week basis, because I think they're going weekly with it. So, from what I've seen, it's pretty good. Can't speak for the whole thing yet, but I'm hoping they're able to pick it up, because the series um, has a pretty good story chunk to it. And season one, I think, only has, like... Uh, what would be the first trade paperback. So I am very excited to finish this, and even more so, as you know, to catch it in 4K, because our screeners, they don't do it justice. But yeah. uh, I like this story, dude. Snuff. I'm curious your thoughts on it, if you get the chance. Interesting. Uh, over on Apple TV+, Plus, the latest show from the boy Tim Cook, uh, this is Surface, Surface, starring okay. Gugu Mbatha Raw. Seems like a steamy, romantic kind of mystery where she doesn't remember aspects of her past. Interesting. So, curious movie. Um, what else? My, my document, unfortunately, went to the wrong page for no good reason. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. Uh, 13 Lives hits theaters this weekend. This one is directed by Ron Howard, starring Viggo Mortensen, Colin Farrell, Joel Edgerton, and more recognizable faces. Uh, This one tells the story of the divers who saved a team of soccer, uh, a a young soccer team or a bunch of teenage boys from that cave in Thailand you remember that news story yeah. or if you remember last year's documentary the rescue the rescue which was done by the team behind free solo uh this one is going to be on amazon prime video on august 5th so it's just getting one week in theaters but if you oh, do wow. want to get that big screen experience you know you got a week to do it and the rescues on disney plus so if you want to see like the most claustrophobic right. completely going to make you <laughs> nauseous at home catch the rescue because i got that one in theaters and yeah. i almost wanted to puke you got a pillow <laughs> I did. I did steal a pillow. I won't. Reportedly, here, allegedly. It's right here. I got my hey, pillow. Hey. I did pull my Been plug out of my headphones, so I'm not going to be able to hear you for the next two seconds. But uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. you can, yeah, you can check right, out the rescue right, over Zach. on Disney+. He's never going to run back to Saudi Arabia. Um, and, and that's exactly the why, other Zach. release. And yeah, <laughs> 13 Lives. Definitely check it out. <laughs> but I'm excited for this last one right here. Yeah. No uh, business I'm being this interesting. I'm very excited for v- Vengeance. Hits theaters. This is a directorial debut of B.J. Novak, whom you probably remember from his days on The Office. Uh, It's got a pretty interesting cast. Issa Rae, Ashton Kutcher, Boyd Holbrook, Jake Smith Cameron, Dove Cameron. Uh, But it's also got a pretty intriguing premise in terms of this guy uh, who he's a... uh, a journalist and a podcaster traveling to West Texas to investigate a murder. It's got some, like, only murders slash S-Town vibes. Okay. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought the trailer looked fun. I'm definitely going to catch this one over the weekend. Yeah, I've been really excited for this one. I like a good mystery. Yeah, this is a Tribeca movie, although they did not make this one available to us. Mm. So can't can't give you our opinions on it. But those are the new to see picks for the weekend what are your picks for the week uh if you're staying at home i'd recommend paper girls i saw a couple of episodes and i'm very excited to see what it looks like in its full 4k quality uh also check out the comic books if if you're interested they're all up on hoopla uh in terms of theaters probably gonna go see (laughs) nope again but i will also be trying to catch vengeance uh because that looks like a pretty good movie and as far as i know it's only in theaters so those would be my picks for the yeah. week. And also, Living in Oblivion, I did not realize, is actually out in like a dozen places, but they just added it to Peacock. 
uh, really? I think, or Prime. That's one of my f- all-time favorite movies. Uh, anytime it yeah, yeah. appears in a new thing, I say highly recommend it. Uh, so I don't, I don't have that one marked up, but go to Just Watch, and hopefully it's on a streaming service that you can watch it for. I always want to recommend uh, one of my all-times whenever I can. Nice. What about you, Zach? Cool picks. Uh, I will agree with Vengeance. I'm very curious to catch that one. Uh, but my theater's pick this week is Anonymous Club, the Courtney Barnett right. documentary that I, I finally got to catch. It expands to more cities on Friday and continues expanding throughout August. And uh, yeah, I, you, you gave it a good review out of South By. Now that I've had a chance to watch the full thing, like I'm... I totally agree. Like, this is such a beautiful sort of audio diary documentary. I think most times when you get something that focuses on an artist, it's a little bit like, you know, sometimes it's a little indulgent and sometimes it's a little bit like about flattering them or, or it doesn't really give you that much insight. And I thought what was cool about this is that it's a little bit like existential and philosophical. Yes. Like she's not just talking about her her lyrics and how people respond to them but also the nature of like explaining art and whether or not art has a purpose and you know your your, your value on earth yeah it's it's just a very cool documentary and uh you know cuz she she's doing these audio diaries throughout so i feel like it's got this very intimate quality that you also find in her lyrics like she's just this she has this vulnerability to her that's so so resonant uh so if you have any strong feelings towards her music or even if you don't i think there's a lot to really enjoy about anonymous club i would highly recommend that one and even if you don't Um, know her music i went in fresh and i really liked it yeah so anonymous club recommend that uh i got two picks over for hbo max people one of them is mind over murder now that is wrapping up its run tonight uh because it's an excellent excellent show and uh we'll be talking about it a bit more next week but i also got we met in virtual reality one of our favorites out of sundance one that i think will open up a lot of people's minds into like why some people even enjoy Meta, metaverse and virtual type spaces because mm-hmm. uh, it certainly opened up mine and uh, yeah it was just even beyond the fact that it's done within this virtual reality context I think it's just a really fascinating profile of these people who have for one reason or another turned to this this venue to air their air their issues you know uh, to, to, to work through their stuff so second it. yeah, we met in virtual reality on HBO Max. But I think that's about all for our weekend must-watch stream. Uh, we'll be back momentarily with some thoughts on Nope. But make sure to follow us on social media. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Zshevich, the Z S H E V I C H, and check out my YouTube or TikTok channels at Multiplex Show Art. Where can people find more from you? you can find me over at Elmi Explain on Twitter, on YouTube, on Letterboxd for every week here. On the Intercut Podcast. You can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. I like Overcast. And then make sure you subscribe not just to the audio feed, but to the video feed as well on YouTube.com slash IntercutPod, where you can catch our bright smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment. Find new episodes of the Intercut Weekend Must Watch streaming on our YouTube channel every Monday, usually at 3 p.m., sometimes a little later if we got to get in extra screenings of Nope. It's, sometimes it'd be like that. Uh, please leave us a comment, like the video, and consider heading over to iTunes to give us that much-requested five-star review. Shout out to Julieta and all our listeners down in Argentina for getting us on the TV and film podcast charts over there. Like our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. Support our Patreon. All of them are at IntercutPod to get updates throughout the week from Art, from me, from all the guests we feature here on Intercut. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, Kevin Feige announced four more Marvel movies while we were recording this. Damn it. (laughs) And the after credits. Yeah.